welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Welcome to episode 52 of the Mapit Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and today we're going to be talking about the power of lead generation or creating a great lead magnet. I prefer to call it lead generation because that's the end result we're going for, and it reminds us to put that front of mind. But you may know it better as a lead magnet. We're going to be talking about how to create it, what type of lead magnet or lead generation I prefer, and how to make a difference and set it up. I'm going to walk you through the process, the, the obstacles that you might have, and what you need to think about to make it something that really counts for the people that you're targeting. Now, before we jump into that, I want to invite you to enter a competition. I have a book coming out in just a few weeks, and I've got a competition to win one of 10 copies of my book, Be a Spider, Build a Web, which is all about content marketing and content creation. Also, one lucky winner will win a session with me to help you create your content strategy valued at $995. So I'd love you to enter. The link is in the show notes for you to enter that. And like all our episodes, do come and listen to our um, or come be part of our Facebook group, Map It Marketing, if you've got questions about today's podcast or you just like to hang out with a whole bunch of other people who are interested in small business and marketing and ask questions in there and get support. Right, let's get into it. Today we're going to talk about how to create great lead generation. Now, some people call this a lead magnet. The reason I use the word lead generation is it helps us to remember that the end result is not just to attract people and get them to come close to us, but to generate leads. And this helps us remember exactly why we're doing it and making sure that what we offer is going to bring us the right people for us. So we're going to step through this. Um, this is based around some teaching that I did last year. So we're going to walk through this and focus on looking at why it works, what you need to include, and my chosen type of lead generation or lead magnet. You don't have to use my type. There are many different types, but I'm going to explain why mine is the favorite for me, um, the steps to create it, and walk through how you would actually create that content. So the first thing is around this is, you know, do listen to this, and if you need to take notes, I do have a course that you can take that I'll put um, in the links for you to be able to use to also supplement this to help you, um, because that will also help you walk through this process. So um, the first thing is, is before we are doing our lead generation, we have to think about why we are doing it. So this goes back to what your your offer is. So I talk a lot about how if you're, if you're being a spider and you're building a web of content, which is part of my book, Be a Spider, Build a Web, I talk about how all our content out there is, is creating a web of content that makes it sticky. And our goal is to get people to the decision space, the your stage. And to do that, we're drawing them into what's called the decision hub, which is right in the middle of our web. And that part there, we often need to have lead generation or lead magnets for people who aren't quite ready to take the plunge. It just is a little bit more trust building. It's a little bit more solidifying. And it helps people 
find their way to us in a more confident way. So we use lead generation a lot in our business. And what we find is the sales process for us is very easy. Most people have been through some sort of a lead generation with us at some point. So by the time they come to us, they're 95% the way decided to work with us. Not all of them. Some come to us via Google and SEO, but most of the people that we work with are very warm because we've used lead generation. So it makes the sales process easier. For e-commerce businesses, it can do exactly the same thing. Don't feel like this is just a service-based thing. We've used lead generation with e-commerce to a great success. So it's not just used for service-based businesses, but especially for service-based businesses. This is a great way for you to to make your one-on-one sales process much easier. Now, we talked about sales um, sales before, um, but this is the the pre-sales section. So we want to do that. The other reason we want to do it is we want to eliminate people who don't need us. So I prefer to find ways to create lead generational lead magnets that filter out people who can quickly read through something or do a test or go through a process and go, cool, I've got enough to keep going. Like I know for myself, when I download something that's high value and it needs to be high value, it has to be something that's worth doing. When I download something that's high value and I go through it as a checklist, it will either illuminate for me, oh, I think I've got most of this done and I can work out these bits, or I go, okay, I'm going to need to have someone to help me with this. And I have both just gone away and done my own thing and been fine and downloaded something, tried a little few things and then had to go and work with someone because I couldn't work it out myself. So it works either way. So that why is really important. The other why that's important here is making sure that whatever you're offering is leading people to your core offer, your core service or your core products. If it's not doing that, it's putting people in the wrong way. So a lot of free lead generation that I see are things that aren't actually going to really resolve things for people. It's not going to create a whole of need for you or it's just something that's too faffy. It's not a big, deep enough thing or it's something that is going to make it harder for people to see a correlation between that and working with you. And I've definitely also made these in the past. I've made some quite convoluted lead generations in the past that were great gifts and great things to give away, but didn't actually lead people to where I want to go. And so that's one of the criteria for me is I go, if I can't see a really clear pathway from this lead generation that I'm offering to a core offer, I shouldn't be doing it even even if I want to. The next thing is, is that where are you going to put it? So I always say it needs to be, if it's a core lead generation, it needs to be on the front page of your website, like a link to it to be able to put it in there. And we've got one, um, which is our... um, a marketing health checklist and we get maybe four or five people a day on average downloading that marketing health checklist so that's a constant thing and I have it linked up but I have it linked everywhere so I have a link in my bio for Instagram and Facebook every now and again we'll do like a push and we'll do it in my stories or on a Facebook post or something we've used in ads you can put it literally anywhere once you've got a good thing if it's a good give people will want to have it regardless of whether it means they're going to give you email Right, so we've got the why and the where. Let's talk about the what. My preference is to use a checklist. Now, I think that's partly because I love forms. I really love forms and I love filling things out and checking things off. So that's probably part of that myself. I also know that when I've gone and signed up for a video thing or a challenge, the challenges are often very overwhelming and so they don't really sell things to me very well. And when it's a video thing, I have to go and watch those videos. That might be good if you've got a video course, you could do like a short thing there. 
um, but like a checklist, a little recipe book, something that people can download, print off and keep is really great. I've got folders of people's free awesome downloads. It has to be good though, because I have so often thought I'll download something, I've paid them with my email address and it's been a little bit shit. And I just feel like it just leaves a horrible taste. I want whatever you create to be meaty and powerful so people want to do it. Now, when we fit this and look at this in the way of fitting with our, our content, um, if we look at the kind of the like, no trust structure of, you know, like is kind of that sort of showing interest and, and being educated by us and that, that kind of slightly um, building a community, that stuff there. And the no is that download stage. So the people who are wanting to actually now interact with us they feel bonded by us, they're ready for more of a relationship. And then we use the follow-up emails, the nurture sequence that they'll get once they've downloaded that to continue to build that trust. So this is all about drawing people closer to us in the hub to make it ready. So the first thing is around planning your lead generation is to make sure you choose the right subject. So in terms of um Content strategy when, you know, working with people in their content strategy, I always say, you know, choose one of your 12 core um, buckets and create your content generation from that. You need to break that right down into different areas. So um, we use a thing called a list of 10 where you've listed 10 things in those core buckets. And what I want you to do is make some lists around some core topics or core things that people might need to do. So for example, if I'm doing one for e-commerce, I might have a section on SEO, one on the website, one on Facebook, one on Instagram, one on advertising, and those are kind of my breakdowns. I might do one um, if I was doing one for um like as a stylist, I might have one on like, you know, looking at your wardrobe, looking at what, how to, how those things fit you, how to find the things that suit you with color and kind of breaking it down that way. So you could do it like almost people could do like their own wardrobe audit. Um, if you're moving house or you're a people mover, there might be something or, um, you know, if we were someone and we did one on renovations and thinking about the different things you have to consider when you're renovating and not everything on that checklist has to be something that you personally cover. That's actually okay. Because you also want to give some people quick wins. Uh, we want to have ticks on there. We want to have some of the steps simple so people can feel good about ticking. There's nothing worse than having a checklist where nothing can be filled. I recently downloaded one. It was an amazing checklist, an SEO one from someone. And it's someone I highly, highly regard and think they're amazing. But I could not answer any one of those things that they'd put on there. And I do quite a bit of SEO, but they'd gone so high end with their answers I just felt overwhelmed to the point where I didn't want to get in touch with them. Um, and so, you know, you want to have some ticks, make some things simple, then make some things that are moderate, that that's the first filter. Those people who, when they're ticking those moderate ones, they'll go, hang on a minute, you know, if I can't tick this, that might mean I need some help and then add some tricky steps in there too. So you want to have that the average person who doesn't need you could probably fill out between 75 to 80% of it and still have some gaps that they might discover that they might need you for later. And then most majority of people who, you know, are your ideal customers probably would need maybe could tick 50%, 40 to 50%. And then if there's people who obviously can't tick any, they're probably going to come to you or they're not quite ready for you maybe as well. Um, but you want to just think about making sure that there are some wins in there. So I can do ticks or the other option is, so that's for me if I'm a whole finder and doing that, or you could create something where there's all the ticks. So it could be like a value add. It could be something like a recipe book 
or a guide to cooking something or a shopping list that people need. And then that's a value add. It's not necessarily directly related to an offer, but it's something that's going to help them feel good. And it's a gift rather than a whole finder. So it could be like for me doing a checklist of all the things you need to do to set up a podcast. And I could have a big list of all the different things. Now, I'm not going to, sh- I'm not going to train you in how to set up a po- podcast. I might do a strategy around how to make the most of it, but I could create that as a gift. Or in fact, um, you have a checklist, um, we have a checklist for um, our lead generation resource. And in there, that's definitely not as a whole finder, it's definitely there to kind of help you walk through it. So you could give it as a resource or you can have it as a whole finder. Those are the kind of the two different kind of lead generations that you can have. All right, so that's basically how I do it. Then the process of creating that checklist, I normally recommend to make sure that you, I use I use Canva and, you know, we have um, templates that we give our clients that have those, um, that layout in there. But you want to make sure it stays on brand, make it your kind of beautiful. So make it a beautiful document. You don't want it just to be a boring word document. I definitely recommend in having it the way that you you find things beautiful. Uh, we all have different versions of that. Mine have got full of flowers, which is not for everyone. Other people might have a really, you know, boho feel or whatever it is. Add images, add hyperlinks so that people can click on them from the document, even if they print it off. And make sure you've got that content in there. Um, the kind of links you can put in there, obviously, is you can put links to your website, to your social, any offers or special details, and obviously your contact details there so they can get them. In terms of your checklist, it's a really good idea to have a cover page, a nice little intro information about yourself and a little bit about why you designed this checklist then have the checklist in there and the last page can be a bit more of a call to action with some ideas and things that they can do to happen next and what's going to happen next now when you've created that we want to then create a landing page um, and I use a couple of things. I either use, we use Active Campaign. So I use the landing page version of an Active Campaign, or I use lead pages. You can just use a website. Um, if you're confident in creating website pages, we just use lead pages because they have great analytics. They're really easy. They've got great templates and it makes it simple. But my key tip is to plan out your landing page before you start. So I actually draw mine out. I write all the content before I even look because otherwise I'm going to really struggle. Now, there are a couple of different versions that we need to think about with landing pages. There's the direct landing page. And that one would just have an image of the cover of the little ebook essentially you've created of your checklist with um, a little, you know, name and email. Or you can have another one that has more detail. It could have like the benefits of downloading this, what you're going to find out. And we sometimes do one of each. Um, so we might have one that's going for ads. It will have more details. People click on it. They're not having to, they may not know us so well. So you might put more information there about who I am and more information with a photo of me and, and stuff in there. Or if it's on our website, it might just be like a really short direct one with just the picture and a sign up now for it. Um, and so those can really help. Another option for you is also if you're not using active campaign um, lead pages and you don't know something else to use you could also use MailerLite for this that's a free tool um, it's great if you've got a mailing list of under a thousand because it's free for under a thousand and that can also be a really great place that you could create those landing pages if you don't have a landing page option so what I would do is I'd get that Canva document that I've created 
I would download it as a PDF. I would upload it as a Google Doc. I use Google. You don't have to use Google Doc. You can do it to Dropbox or somewhere else so that's cloud-based. And unlike some people, and this is a really important thing, is it's really important that as they fill out that form to come and get your lead generation, you really want to make sure that they don't just get it as soon as they click on it. They have to give you your the email address. And there are people who disagree with this, but I really do believe that if you're giving something of value that is to help you increase your leads and grow, there is nothing wrong with gatekeeping essentially that content for an email address. People understand that sometimes they have to pay with their email address to gain something else. I'm currently running a competition and it's that same process of you pay with your email address to enter the competition. So this is the payment of it, but it has to be worth the payment of the email address. You don't want to give them something shonky because then you've broken that trust and you've really ripped them off. So you want to give something that's really good value, something that's in depth, something that's meaningful to them, as well as being meaningful to you and your offer. That's that key thing that we have to really work through when we do this. So one of the things that I'd recommend is that they fill out the form and then they will get a note when they filled out the form that says, thank you, an email is on its way with the details. And you put the link to the landing page, to the lead generation inside that first email. You don't just bring it up automatically. Now, the reason we do this is for two really important reasons. The first one is we want to make sure that that person's email address is correct. If it's not correct, they're not going to get the content. And some people put spammy emails in. We've had people who've literally put an email that says spam at spam.com to try and get our content for free. So they are not going to do that. Now, there are very savvy people out there that have fake email addresses that they use just for lead generation. That's fine. We're not going to resolve that. We're not going to have, you know, that fixed. But the majority of people are going to put an email in there that they are going to use most of the time. So we're going to allow them to do that. So one, it helps make sure the email is correct. The second reason it's really important, and this is kind of a two-parter, is when you send that first email there, it's more and more likely than any other email that you're ever going to send them if they're new, that they're going to open it because they want that lead generation. And this is important because it teaches them to open your emails, but at the same time, it's training their server to trust your emails, which makes it more likely for them to be able to get your emails in the future. So that process is really important. It's a really important process to do that. Now, when you've got that lead generation there, you really want to think about how you're going to promote it. And as I said before, you can put it in your social media, you can have it on the front page of your website, you can put it in your stories, you can do advertising. I also like to link it in blogs if it's appropriate. That can also be a really good one to do um, and that can really help. Um, when you've done this, you obviously want to create a nurture sequence of a series of emails that's going to help support this. Um, and that's something that we talk about in the course that I've got um, that you can have a look at. We've got like a template of those emails, but you do need to think about how you're going to use emails afterwards to continue to build that trust bridge and keep it walking through. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes uh, to the um, the marketing health checklist that we've got so you can see an example of it. 
I'll put a link in there for our um, lead generation course so you can have a go at that and have a look and see that. Um, and I also um, will put a link in there, obviously, for the competition as well. It's looking, I'm looking forward to hearing how you go with your lead generation and have a great week. Thank you so much for listening into this episode of Map It Marketing. Next week, it's me again, and we're going to be talking about how you could start a podcast. I asked my Facebook group for lots of questions. We're going to be answering those. I'm going to share with you a whole of the stuff that I do to make sure that this podcast comes out almost every week and also share with you some of the things I do to ensure that I'm ready for it, prepared, and the marketing that I do for it. Now, if you enjoyed this episode of Map It Marketing around lead generation and you know you need extra help, I have a solution for you. I'll pop a note in the show notes, but we have a resource that you can buy that has a training uh, video, a workbook and a whole lot of resources to help you create your lead generation and it's only $45 New Zealand. So if you want to have a go at it, have a go. I'll put the link in and otherwise thank you so much for being a part of today's show. If you love the show, I would love it if you subscribed. If you've been a long-term listener, please do rate and review. It helps other people trust our podcast and have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.